Hey everybody, Tim Blankenship here with Divorce661.com. We're back with Patty Handy, and today we are talking about gray divorces, and I guess that could be considered anything over the age of 50, depending on who you ask. Uh, Patty, your research said 55, I believe. So how are you doing today? I'm great. How about yourself? Doing well, as always. Uh, always glad to talk to you and bring and shed some more light uh, regarding divorce and everything that goes along with that, and then your perspective as a financial coach. Um, and your background with what you see with your clients and just so we can give a better understanding to both of our clients and maybe help them maybe not get divorced or maybe realize that their situation is is uh, not unique. Uh, I get that a lot. People say, oh, you know, I think we have a different situation because we're amicable or we plan to continue living together even though we're getting divorced. And it's not the case in amicable divorce cases. But this, I think, talking about great divorces and I'd mentioned that that's about, if I just had to guess, it's a good 50% of my business in that, in that age category, if I may, 40%. Um, and uh, so it's, you know, it's not an anomaly, really. So you had some stats you were going to go over. Um, other than that, how's, how's your week been? How's your business going? And with, with your, your coaching clients and all that? Yeah, it's been going great. I think it's uh it's just, it's just wonderful, you know, getting out on social and meeting people and answering questions and just being able to to be of service. Um I am yeah, just really happy with what I'm doing. So it's all it's all good. Um I had some fun, well not so much fun, but it, it was a little surprising when I researched this great divorce uh, facts and kind of did some due diligence on that. Um not super super surprising, but um kind of some of the things that I saw were sort of, I mean, it's always sad, but it was exceptionally sad. So um, yeah, let me run through some things that I, that I found. And then um, yeah, if you had things that are, uh, you know, in, in response to this, let's, uh, let's talk about it. So um, in, in uh, um, May of 2021, there was a study done and it showed that 35% of the divorces that were, uh, that were being done were those that are 55 or older. And that was in 2021. So here's, you know, two years later, I'm sure the stats are different and I'm gonna assume that they're probably higher. Um, most, most, um, uh, most of the issues were, the underlying issues were just emotional miscommunication. You know, it broke, it, 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 the, the, the foundation was, was broken. And as a result of that, there were all kinds of other things that obviously rippled out into the, to the relationship. Sure. Um, it, you know, there was talk about, you know, households being kept together uh, for the kids' sake. You know, as long as the kids were younger, they wanted to just do what they had to do and deal with it until the kids were older. And then once when the kids were older, then they move forward with the divorce. Yeah. Let's drill down on a, on a few of those. We could probably get into some of the details. So those, those statistics that you found 35% is pretty close to what I kind of guesstimated being about 40% of our client base being in that category. And was that, was that over 50 or over 55? You said 55 is what they noted. Okay. I was going to say for the, uh, the stats that I found said 50. And I think maybe that our generations don't consider 50 gray anymore, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know with, with health and longevity and all that. So I think 55 would be more appropriate of listing that as great divorce, but yeah, we have yeah. a ton of clients in that category, married 20, 25, 30 years, you know, and they get into that age bracket, assuming they got married, you know, in their early twenties, like people did back then, not now where people are getting married in their mid thirties, it seems. Um, 
but yeah, and then going back to use, I think you used the word uh, emotional disconnect. Is that what you said on the second one? Uh, emotional miscommunication. Miscommunication, because that could be that's obviously a whole host of things, right? It's just yeah. going separate ways, going different directions, different interests, um, yeah. and just and just growing apart. Um, yeah. And we've talked years ago about some of these topics, and specifically like with the wives that are majority of the people that initiate, at least in my, my business, that many of them, you know, have a reason, but so many say, I just, I don't, I'm just not happy. Nothing happened, but they just don't have similar interests or they just grew apart. Um, so that falls into the kind of what you're talking about here. And it's just, they, they, they're not communicating. They have different interests. And, and many times the, and unfortunately, not laying out the husbands, but all the while they think everything's completely fine. And mm. where his wife is totally unsatisfied. Now, no, where like in your world of of coaching, you know, I guess that there's some equal blame there if, if you're not, or maybe they are bringing it up and it's just not being heard. But, uh, you know, you have to definitely be communicating to your spouse if you're not happy when you say. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think um, from what I've seen too is they, um, the, the like I said, the emotional miscommunication, the, the, the women tend to want to try to communicate and work through things and have therapy and, and sort of process this. Um, and some of the stuff that I read online was that, you know, men just shut down and they just they just isolate or they just don't feel the need to communicate that everything, like you said, is everything's OK. Um, meanwhile, there's resentment building up. There's anger building up on her part. And to your point, what I did find is that 70 percent of the divorces were initiated by the woman. And the, and the men were just like, wait a minute. So um, it kind of comes down to that foundational piece as far as, you know, that, that, that I found was, you know, yeah, that was a miscommunication, which have then, of course, rippled into several other things. So I found that 75% um, was a result of lack of commitment. So that could be intertwined with that miscommunication. There's just no commitment to try to better the relationship, to continue to grow together versus growing apart, right. spending time doing mm -hmm. joint things that are fun together. 60% um, were it was uh, infidelity. Obviously, that's a, a big factor. Um, too much conflict in the family was 58%. Finances were 37%. So I think they all ripple up to that, that again, that foundational thing of we just got to keep talking about it. We've got to keep talking about the good, the bad, the ugly, and work through this. And I think that that, you know, at that at that gray age, if it hasn't gotten better by then, they just figure, okay, well, it's not going to get better, you know, after this many years, it's never going to get better. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm just reading some of the research I did that goes in with that. It says, according to a study by the Pew Research Center, the divorce rate for adults age 50 and older has roughly doubled since the 1990s and tripled for those age 65 and older. So that's mm. interesting that that it's not, if you get past that 50, it's, it's it's not like a business where, you know, I forget what percentage of businesses go out and you're out of business and the businesses go out of business in like year one, year five, year 10, there's mm -hmm. all these stats, right? And right. with each year, uh, with, e with each, as it gets older, the business gets older, you're at more risk of, um, of, of losing the business. So that seems kind of similar in this. Cause you think, I mean, just if you just off the top of your head, okay, you made to 65. And I know you had some other facts of like why maybe people, uh, some selfish reasons people might want to get out of the divorce at that age, talk about the caretaker thing. But at 65, you think you would just, or want to just settle in 
and ride ride it out. I mean, obviously, if it's bad enough to to uh, have to divorce at that age, uh, and obviously people do, saying that it's tripled. Um, but I mean, to start over at sixty five, that's that's a tall order. Yeah, I think it's. Um... They, again, from what I've read and from what I've just seen and talking with people, it's they look at their life and they go, okay, I'm 65. I've only got a limited time left. I've got maybe mm. 20, 30 more years left. I want it to be much better. I want to live more fully. I want to live happy and I'm not in this relationship. So I need to, in order to live the life that I truly want, I need to, to, to get out. Mm. Um, they also mentioned some issues with regards to um, facing a health crisis. So if the marriage is on, you know, shaky ground and one person gets sick, the other person, and again, this came from a study that I saw online, was that one party may not want to be the caretaker. If they're in a situation where they're not happy, it's a bad marriage, and they're thinking, oh my gosh, I got to take care of this person now for the next whatever years, um, which breaks my heart to think, oh my gosh, that's just, that's just wrong on so many levels. Well, it could be said a different way, right? Like I've, I told my wife, I said, look, when we eventually redo the bathroom downstairs, I need to make it where it's level, like a, a like a walk-in versus a step-in. I said, so when I have to wheel her in there and turn on the shower, you're right, I don't I don't have to you know sit there and hold her hand or get one of those baths that clothes you see on TV. I'm gonna wheel her in there, turn on the shower, and let her you know let her do her thing. Also with the bedroom, you know, we have a downstairs bedroom that, that you know, because we have stairs and I hate that. I wish we had a single story. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if, if we make it that long and get that far and to a point where we uh, can't get up the stairs, you know, we got to have plans. Yeah, that's good. Good for you. That's uh, <laughs> that's that's going to keep a wife happy. That's the way it should be. For sure. yeah, our, our kids already said they're not they're not doing it. They're not taking care <laughs> of us. So we're in trouble there. You're, you're on your own. You're on yeah. your own. Going back I, to the uh, the the. Uh, you know, the age, regard so regardless of, so according to the National Center of Family and Marriage Research, a median duration of marriage that ends in divorce of couples age 50 or older is 21 years. So mm. that would put them, what, married at 25, 45, 55, something like that, um, or 20, 22, so something like that we're seeing, if, yeah, early if 20s. They're, yeah, yeah. If they're 50. And they and married 21 years and they're 29 year old. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> which is, which is relatively older. Um, that's actually um, shorter marriage than I thought as far as the uh, length of marriage. Well, it did say medi median, median. So I think that's, mm -hmm. I, I forget how it's medium, median. And so it's like we're half are above and half are below. I forgot how they come up with a median, but I think mm. it's, it's, it's not necessarily the, the, average. the average. Yeah. 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 And uh, you had said something earlier. I wanted to go back to, um, Oh, I, it'll probably come back to me, but uh, what else did you have? So uh, facing the, the health crisis, uh, and this is maybe what you were thinking. So yeah, yeah. the, the one spouse said, you know, I don't want to be the caretaker. But there's also the flip side that the one spouse who was not doing well um, or facing this health crisis said, you know, gosh, I just need to focus on myself. I need to focus on getting better. I need to focus on um, living a fuller life and facing the reality that they're, they're not well. Um, and yes, they don't want to do it alone per se, but um, they need to focus on themselves. They need to focus on themselves physically, mentally, emotionally, and being in that marriage wasn't helping them. 
which I also found. And again, I think that this the underlying issue, again, is that the marriage wasn't healthy in the first place. If they're facing a, a, a crisis, a health crisis, and they want to be, you know, separate from this person. See, and I think, and, and um, I just had a conversation with a gentleman yesterday who called and who his wife out of nowhere, I think they're married eight or 10 years, said she wanted a divorce, but gave a reason like that. Um, and his thing was, look, I don't want to be divorced. And in his case, we were talking, you know, we talked about how the men don't necessarily want to do therapy or counseling. He did want to, cause he didn't want to give up on the marriage, but that it was confusing to him because he was getting those types of answers and not yeah. like, because you did X, Y, or Z, but more of a, Hey, not you, it's not you, it's me issue, mm. which leaves him in with no ability to make any corrective action. So I think that's how would you, how would you sum that up as like, kind of like a, not really the reason you don't want to say the reason. So you say it's, it's, it's this, and it's kind of so just uh, non-specific. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, that certainly is not in my, in my wheelhouse per se. That's probably more of a question for a therapist, but I just, you know, an observation and what I, what I've read and, and whatnot. I, I think that, um, you know, typically in that situation, the, 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 the issue is that they're unhappy for some reason that they feel they just cannot fix with that person. Um, and and the, the, there's, still some, there's still dysfunction in that relationship at, at some level. And whether it's you know, a midlife crisis or whether it's just truly just unhappiness because they aren't connecting, um, I, you know, there is just, there's so many moving parts. But again, that's not really in my wheelhouse. Um, so I probably... Shouldn't respond to that question. <laughs> gotcha. You know, um, I, I remember what I wanted to say earlier when you're talking about, um, I, I had made the comment about you already invested so many years into your marriage. Maybe you just want to write it out. And and, and your perspective was, they're like, hey, I, I only have, they're looking at the other end of it. I only have 20 or 30 years to do what I really want to do and and, and start fresh. So I better do that now. So mm -hmm. it's a totally different perspective than what I was looking at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And again, it's, um, I'll, I'll just, you know, be a broken record here. You know, if, if the marriage was solid with communication and, and respect and mutual admiration and, and, and all those things that you have to go through, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly to keep that marriage strong, um, they wouldn't be in that, in that place. So, uh, Again, yeah, I mean, that kind of kind of borderlines on a on a ther therapy kind of situation. Um, yeah, but but I did find, um, you know, from the, uh, the the financial piece of it, I'll I'll kind of go there. Um, typically, these you know older couples have more assets. There's multiple homes potentially. There's you know, four hundred one ks. There's pensions. There's um, you know, other things to factor in insurance, social security, I mean, all these things. And the kids are typically adult. So there's no child support per se, if you're in your sixties. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, dividing those assets at that age can be very um, challenging for them to go forward alone separately. Um, and I was having this conversation just yesterday with another um, individual who, who deals with uh, divorces. And uh, they were saying that, that, you know, they they have found that couples stay together just because of, of the money. They don't want to split the assets. They, mm -hmm. they stay in a very unhappy situation because they don't want to split the pension. They don't want to split the, um, you know, the, the, the 401ks and all that because it would be financially devastating. 
And so they choose to stay together, which, I mean, that's, I mean, that's it, a tough pill to swallow. I think the reality of that sets in, obviously, when people are going through a divorce, when what I tell them is that you have one or two incomes, one set of household expenses, right? And then that same money, whether it was a single income or dual income, now has to support two households. Mm-hmm. Um, even if there's in child support, there, you know, unless your incomes are the the same, even then your standard of living is going to decrease because you're not going to have the combined, you know, if each spouse is making 150000 they can afford housing and vehicles and such on a combined income of 300000 whousand whereas... 150,000, you're not going to have that same house per se, mm-hmm. or maybe same neighborhood. So, um, and also talking about the 401ks and pensions. Yeah. All of that gets, all that gets divided up, assuming that's what they decide to do. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you go the traditional route and, and if there is just, I think the worst case is when there is a single um, earner and maybe mom or dad took care of the kids for the majority of the time. And then, you know, as I think another stat you had, they waited until the kids turned 18 and then they did the divorce. Then they have no work experience on one spouse. So they have, they're reliant on spouse support. Mm-hmm. And so that the money just, you know, now the income is not each of their own. It's just now that's being divided by 50% for the most part. Um, and then yeah. they have to move on, you know, financially in that way. So I was just going with that. It says great divorce can have significant financial consequences. Divorcing later in life can result in reduced retirement savings and often leads to a decrease in standard of living. Okay. So I'm glad what I'm saying is actually coming up in this research. So, um, and that's just a matter of fact, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely is. I mean, it's disruptive to both parties for sure. And, and even if the kids are adult children, it's disruptive to, to them. Um, the, the situation that I was mentioning was, uh, he had a very, very large pension and he made twice of what she made. So he did not want the divorce. She wanted the divorce. So he's, you know, protective of like, oh gosh, I've got this pension. I've got, you know, so it gets, yeah, it gets a little bit muddy for sure. Um, and at the end of the day, it is disruptive. They will not live the lifestyle that they've had. Um, and they've got to just determine, you know, if if that's where they want to go uh or part ways and start you know start over yeah yeah for sure the um this was interesting this says great divorce can also have negative health consequences i wonder if you had any 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 had anything about that in your research studies have found that divorced individuals have higher rates of chronic health conditions such as heart disease diabetes and depression i mean i guess i could see the depression you know if you're if you're it wasn't a something you wanted to do you were on that end of things but uh, i don't know i don't know how the chronic health and heart disease and diabetes i mean you just if you're depressed you start eating bad and that leads yeah. to the health yeah, conditions so what i what i had uh, seen was that uh, and i saw this stat actually just today 70 percent. no um what was the i forgot the stat but it basically was saying that loneliness um is almost worse for you than smoking a pack of cigarettes a day and the loneliness that happens when you're now living on your own, um, even if you're the one who said, I want the divorce, they're they're not having that socialization. They're not having that community. And that creates, yeah, you're sitting on the couch eating worse. You're yeah. just self-sabotage. And so, yeah, you start to have all these, all these issues. And depression and suicide, not suicide, depression and anxiety, I should say, 
um, that sets in, and this is a little bit of a tangent, but those that are retired and don't have a thing to do and get out of bed for and a purpose in their day, um, that becomes an issue for, for, for them, married or, or divorced. Um, and that creates the anxiety and the depression because there's just that um, isolation. And that's really very real in a situation where there's a divorce and they're you know, on their own. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be divorce that caused that. I was just remembering, and I'd, I'd have to look at the stats again, but when I was in law enforcement, there was a statistic that they would tell people prior to retiring that say, hey, look, that I think it was five years that the certain 50% of cops die after five years of retirement because of them going into a sedentary lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it's necessarily depression. Maybe it is based on you're not doing what you used to do for the last 20, 30 years of your life or just not having a game plan or mm -hmm. something to keep you excited and do. And you just mm -hmm. do go home and sit on the couch. I could, I could see how that could be very similar to that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the studies that I had, and I cover this a little bit in my course is, um, you know, you've got to have a purposeful life. You've got to have a purposeful um, retirement even more so because that's typically where you are going to be alone. And if you don't have something to do every day, whether it's volunteering or going to work or going into, you know, whatever it is that you're, you know, pick, pick a ball or whatever it is that brings you joy and have, has community. That's a big thing. Um, uh, yeah. You definitely feel isolated. You feel just, you feel alone and that depression sets in, the anxiety sets in um, and it gets, uh, it's very, it's very unhealthy. So yeah, loneliness is a real factor. And like I said, that, you know, I, I was surprised that it was like smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. That was surprising, but. You know, the, um, I was doing an interview yesterday and we were talking to kind of a health coach, if you will. And uh, I, I want to say that same kind of statistic was mentioned. Re I think it was regarding cigarettes as well. Hmm. So maybe just about being sedentary or. I, not, I don't know if it was it was necessarily being lonely, but it, it might have been directly related to that as well. I, I just heard that. It sounds so familiar. Yeah. Well, the mental health, physical health, emotional yeah. health, all that is intertwined. And if you're, uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's all part of who we are as humans, right? Yeah, for sure. You had, uh, I think one of the other things you had to talk about was uh, getting, you know, staying married for the sole purpose of, I'm oh, sorry, staying married for the sole purpose of waiting until your kids turned 18 to kind of keep that um, continuity, the family mm -hmm. going. And on my end of things, we've certainly had people um, that have held out for that purpose, for better or for worse, but they did mm -hmm. it for the family. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know on whose end it was hanging in there. You know, were they both hanging in there for that? but stayed in the marriage, kept it together. Um, and some for a very long time, like we're talking, they knew when the child was eight that they would get out, but for wanting to keep the continuity of the marriage until they turn 18. So that's a long time to hang in there. Mm -hmm. And I've had, I want to get your opinion on this. If you know, people have done this. I want to say that the people I've, that they've, they said they did that on the, I would say extreme cases of hanging into a, hanging into the marriage that long is they said, if you, once one, yeah, one lady told me, if you have people seeing they're thinking of staying in the marriage, tell them it's not worth it. Any opinion or feedback on that? 
comment? Yeah, I, I don't have I don't have firsthand knowledge of that, but um, in just uh, observing, you know, friends and 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 um, just hearing the world, um, more times than not, the kids understand what's what's going on. They they know mommy and daddies aren't happy. They they know. I mean, they see the tension. They feel the tension. They feel the they, they hear the arguments, and it's a, a it becomes a, an unhealthy environment for the kids. And oftentimes, the kids say, you know, or they're 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 more comfortable or not comfortable. They're 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 more. Um, they become more acclimated to it if there's a divorce than we as parents realize. Now, I can't say from firsthand knowledge. I was divorced when my son was 18 months old, and he was too young to know what it was like having dad at home. Mm -hmm. So I can't speak on that. Uh, you know, firsthand knowledge. Um, but I, I guess it depends on their circumstance. You know, if the, if the kids are, um, you know, based on age, based on where, you know, what schools they're in, if that doesn't mean you got to disrupt the kid's school and move them out or, you know, whatever, there's so many moving parts to that and there's so many factors to consider. Um, but I, I think what people don't realize is typically that the kids know more than we think they know. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Are you, and part of what you're saying, were you suggesting that you think since they would know and they they are seeing mom and dad fighting and they are kind of aware of what's going on, that that may not be necessarily better than just separating and divorcing? Do you think that because they know, do you think there's any benefit to them staying together? Just a personal opinion? Yeah, I... I guess the big answer is to a lot of this is it depends. Yeah, it really does depend because, you know, if you've got a, if you've got a teenager, you know, young teenager and they, they know that mom is miserable or dad is miserable or, or whatever. Um, you, you can talk to them and say, you know, look, mom and dad are just having issues, whatever. And we've decided that we're going to, you know, live separately. We both love you and you will see both of us. We're both involved in your life. That will not change. You know, whatever that conversation is, um, that kid will adjust just fine. You know, if you're dealing with a, a five-year-old and a six-year-old or something and, and they've lost mm -hmm. that foundation, that is a different story. So, yeah, I mean, there's so many, there's so many variables to that. It's really hard to make a, a blanket statement. Um, my heart goes out to those. I mean, it's not fun when there's kids and regardless of the age, um, I think the older the kids are, you know, the easier it is because they understand or they can, process the, the the whole thing and know that you know they're solid in their understanding of mom and dad's love for them um but yeah it's it's hard to certainly make a, a blanket call on that it's just it's sad all the way around and i would just encourage as much yeah. you know therapy or counseling or, or work as possible um before you go down that road so I'm just looking some more at some more of these statistics. We were talking earlier about, you know, the median length of marriage, 21 years, when couples are age 50 or older, um, that I think the, it was 35 to 40% regarding how many, like what percentage of people are filing for divorce over age 50 or 55, I think your stats were. And here's another mm -hmm. another one. So you're, you're never safe, I guess, with mm -hmm. this. It says, it says, interestingly, great divorce may become, may be more common among couples who have been married for a long time. A study by the National Center of Family and Marriage Research found that divorces amongst couples who, couples who have been married for 40 or more years increased by 15% between 1990 and 2015. So a little bit older mm -hmm. 
timeline on that statistic, but I wonder why that is increasing at the 40 year mark. Do you think because earlier you're saying we, you know, they, ha they have more time these days. We're not dying at 60. Well, not all of us, but you know, mm -hmm. they might have 10, 20 more years ahead of them. Um, and what it made me think about when reading that is if in your coaching, are you seeing that or just people, you know, do, are you seeing a difference between couples who have both spouses working versus what I don't, I don't even know if we'd call it traditional anymore, where like when I grew up, mom didn't work, dad worked mm -hmm. and their relationship worked out fine. But I think sometimes there's a disconnect with, um, the, you know, husband comes home from work, he's exhausted, just wants to take, you know, wants to, you know, take his shoes off and I don't know, have a beer, go on the couch. I, I know that's, that doesn't sound like the right thing to say, but not putting, not putting everyone in that corner, but then, but you know, doesn't want to mess, be messed with the kids or doesn't want wife to like jump with all her problems. But at the same time, mom's been home with the kids all day in these traditional relationships, right? She's exhausted. She's been dealing with the kids. She just wants to, what does my wife keep watching the housewives? She just has it on the background. Drives me crazy. Um, she's not really watching. She's working, but she, she has it on. In the background, but do you do you have you seen anything or any research on that regards to um, difference with both spouses working versus, I guess we'll just call it the prior traditional approach to marriage. Yeah, I think that the the wife who was a stay at home mom and you know raised the kids and didn't really have a, a career per se, certainly is um, in a in a trickier you know place because they don't have that career to fall back on they don't have the income source they don't have oftentimes the confidence to go back into the workforce um and they're thinking okay now i'm you know 50 or 60 who's going to hire me kind of thing i have no i have no uh skill set i mean i raised my kids um so there's all that and if you have your own career you know contrasting that with the, the husband and wife who both have a career and both have income um that that wife is in a better place because she knows she can make her own money and that she's got this career in place and that she there's there's a little bit more confidence that she'll be able to you know come back from that a little easier yeah, um yeah. so yeah it is it is a, a different a different ball game um one one thing that I'll, I'll note here i'll i'll just pivot a little bit is um if if in fact this does you know turn to a, a divorce and you've got to have some help from a team member um aside from um, from you, Tim, um, I, I would search out a, a certified divorce financial analyst, um, which will help you. It's a CDFA, basically, that will help you um, kind of work through the numbers aspect of things. And they are um, specifically trained in, in that. So um, we would, you know, I would suggest that you have that person help you along the way if there's any um Especially if it's a if it's a more complex estate that you're dealing with, several homes, and you know, like you said earlier, the pensions and the 401ks and mm -hmm. the various retirement accounts and whatnot. There's a lot of moving parts with that. Um, have somebody help you with those numbers and make sure that that's uh, you know comfortable for for all. So yeah, as much sure. as you you can minimize the the financial impact uh, moving forward. Yeah, there was um, a video done by an attorney I saw call it five or six years ago. And it was a female attorney. And the, and, and she says, I know I'm going to get beat up over this. I know the people who this video is directed towards are going to 
hate me for saying this, but that the worst clients she has is a wife that has never worked because mm -hmm. her, her, she had a, she gave a, a lot of things that make sense, but if we boil it down, my screen just totally went black, blank, but if we boil it down, you can still hear me. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Um, yeah, my whole screen just went black. So I looked down, I thought the computer went off entirely. Um, it, it seemed like if you boiled it down, it was kind of the fear, right? Because you have everything mm -hmm. is going to change and it, be, and it becomes about tr financially trying to, you know, the, where are you going to be financially? You don't, you're, you're not earning the income. So it's, it's more of a, mm -hmm. it's more of fear based. Um, and I would tend to agree with, with what she said. And she gave a lot more rationale behind why she felt that was. But when I was working for a law firm 12 years ago before doing this, doing this, those were some of the most contentious cases because the 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 women major, majority of the time that were not working were, you know, coming to the attorney saying, Hey, I need you to get every penny I deserve out of this marriage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I, I definitely see the the fear piece of it, and it just is like, and 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 I'll also add that typically the husbands took care of the money, and they took care of the investing, and 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 all the the financial piece of the household. So she also had that there going goes against her for your coaching program, right? That's why it's so important. Exactly. So um, that's who I yeah definitely speak to. Um, but the the um, yeah lack of financial confidence, lack of financial understanding, uh, it being very intimidating. It's this you know black hole in the sky that they don't know anything about. So that fear is also there. So that's where the the I need to get every single thing out of this yeah. I possibly can. Yeah. Um, because they are behind the eight ball. You know they they truly are. They not only don't have an income source because they don't have a job per se um, outside the home. They, they don't have the um, understanding of investing and, and what to do with it moving forward. Uh, so there's, you know, and then there's the emotional side, of course. You're dealing with the, 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 just the sadness and the grief and the trauma of, you know, now being separate from this person that you loved for whatever number of years. Yeah. And that might play a part in, in this, this last uh, stat I have here. Cause I, first, I wasn't going to read on, read off what this says. Cause I, I don't have anything to back it up, but based on what you said, and then with your coaching for women and why, you know, obviously that's going to be very needed. It says great divorce can be particularly challenging for women. According to a study by the national Institute on aging, divorced women over the age of 50 are more likely to be living in poverty than their male counterparts. Mm -hmm. And I can think of, and, and I want to ask you, can you think of some, some scenarios of why that would happen i guess a little bit about what you're talking about they weren't handling the finances they weren't maybe the the career spouse or something like that but um mm -hmm. some of the things i think of are like in some of the cases where we have where one spouse worked the whole marriage we are putting in place things like there's going to be spouse support obviously and that's mm -hmm. going to be in for, forever or until they get remarried or the, the receiving spouse gets remarried life insurance policy to cover mm -hmm right? The, mm -hmm. the support, should there be an incident? Um, so mm -hmm. like we'll try and usually cover it for like a, either the period of time spouse, be, spouse support will be paid or for an amount that they can get a policy for at 
these ages, right? They're not going to be cheap, even term policies. Mm -hmm. So perhaps, you know, paying spouse dies, no life insurance policy, spouse support stops entirely. I can see that's one way this could happen as far as the um, uh, living in poverty or just, you know, not being living like you were when you're married. Yeah, 100%. I agree with everything you said. I also, uh, like I mentioned, if if somebody was the at-home mom for, you know, all these years and didn't have the career to fall back on, them trying to find a career at age 60 is, you know, it's an uphill battle at that, at that point. Now, having said that, the advent of the computer and internet and everything gives all kinds of opportunities to do things that we didn't have, you know, 30, 40 years ago. So there's always opportunities. And I think that if you look at this as, you know what, there's opportunities everywhere. I just need to find them. I need to find what brings me joy. I want to see what lights me up. What can I do with my life now? Um, That's a proactive mindset of abundance versus a, uh, a mindset of, oh my gosh, I'm the victim. This sucks. I don't know what to do. I'm going to be broke. I'm going to be homeless. I'm going to live on my kid's couch and you know all those other fears. That's just a different way to frame it. So I would encourage you to, yes, in the middle of this absolute you know emotional mess, um, how you look at that and how you move forward and that, that mindset is going to be really important in how you really live out your life. Um, it's easy to fall into that victim role, but I think it really is, is uh, you're just working against yourself. But yeah, I mean, you, you do have that piece of it. Um, and because you haven't been working, you don't have much social security. So you're dealing with your ex-spouses um, or, you know, half of their piece. Um, and uh, it's just that financial confidence. They don't, they didn't manage the money. They don't know what to do. So it's all the unknown. It's all being in limbo. And that's, that's very scary. Yeah. It, and it's a mindset change as well i i don't i don't know if i was telling you in one of our conversations or not but there was a point where my wife who's always worked um mostly in the banking industry and now for a cpa firm but they she was in a there they had a team where uh something happened where uh they thought it's such a big company they're they're global that she got laid off by the parent company when her team didn't even know she was being laid off. So there was a period of transition time of like six months where she wasn't working and she came help was working with me. And it was one of the best six months of our marriage. I thought, um, you know, I was happy. She was happy. We did everything together. We went on walks together at every meal together. You know, everything was together. We worked together. Everything worked out great. But then, then her job was offered back when they figured out the mistake they made. And I was saying, I, you know, we, the business grew during that time because I had someone to help. And I said, Hey, I'm, I think I like it better now than when you were working. And we were on a walk one day and, and I said, look, I, you know, I want to protect you. And, you know, if you don't have to be traveling, you know, keep you safe and, you know, all that, all those types of things. And I thought that was protecting her. And she said, you know, I was thinking about it. She goes, if something happens to you, what happened then what happens to me? Kind of what we're just talking about, right? If I was just the only working spouse or my business, which, which really takes me to do it. It's not like it's a McDonald's that anyone can just step in and start doing it. So if I'm not here, she was absolutely right. And I was like, Oh crap. I, you know, I said, you're, I said, you're absolutely right. And so there's food for thought there. Yeah. What a, what a great story. And I mean, that's very sweet of, of, of you to want that. And it's also sweet of her to, you know, think, I mean, you, you both were thinking of each other and that's, that's really very sweet. Yeah. And I just did not have that perspective 
at all. But once she said that, I said, I actually am putting you at, at risk by, by asking you to not work. Yeah. So. Yeah. If, if she can step into your role and just, and just go, then yeah. that's one story, but if she doesn't have the, you know, that uh, skill set to jump into that role, yeah. particularly, then that definitely sheds a different light for sure. For sure. Any other stats that you want, you wanted to talk about? Um, I think I covered most of what I, what I found. Um, certainly if you, you know, just Google great divorce, you'll see it's, it's certainly more predominant than, than yeah. we, that we thought. Um, it, it's a little heartbreaking to see marriages of 40 years, you know, end yeah. and, yeah. uh, it's just a, that piece of it is emotionally uh, very sad. Uh, I mean, any divorce is sad, but you know, those that you have kids and grandkids, it really just rattles the, the family dynamic. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And I guess some key takeaways from this conversation is that, you know, 40% of you are going to go through this after 40 years of marriage, 21 years of marriage, after age 50, after age 55. It's not uncommon. And if you know some of these potential you know, issues you're going to be addressing, some of the statistics that we have talked about, maybe you can, like with Patty, with your coaching, they can get involved in that. And so they can work through some of these issues, maybe before they even pull the trigger on divorce or, you know, if they're, at, you know, do people that are going through that are not, not a divorce issues. I know that's, what divorced, widowed, and single uh, women is your your demographic, I believe. Um, like this, they can still use your coaching. There'd still be some benefit if they were, say, like you're saying, like if a husband's doing all the finances and during the income. There's nothing you could help those folks. They're not single, divorced, or widowed. But I mean, if they want to get some financial competency, absolutely, hundred um, percent. In fact, somebody asked me that recently. Like, can a married woman get involved? I'm like, of course. Okay, I mean, that's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a very good question. Um, you know, money money rules or money rules, and and um, understanding this is certainly important. Happily married or or on your own, um, so yes, you can absolutely benefit. I've actually had um, a lady recently come out to me who was contemplating a divorce and was interested, um, and said, "Should I do this now or should I wait?" And I'm like, "Well, the sooner you get yourself confident and comfortable and understanding of what you're dealing with, the better." So. Um, it, you and know, that it, may have them go into a divorce on more steady ground from absolutely. that perspective. Absolutely. They'll they'll be more comfortable and confident with that conversation, understand what their financial picture looks like. And when they're dealing with individuals, they understand the jargon that's being used and uh, just be, you know, more empowered with, with information. So, yeah, I definitely feel that. But, uh, yeah, to answer your, to your question, um, yes, a, a – uh, um, married woman would absolutely benefit from, from this for sure. Very good. Well, always good talking to you, Patty. I think we've covered point, our yeah. talk, our talking points. Um, if you guys are watching, my name is Tim Blankenship, divorce661.com. I handle amicable, affordable divorce cases in California. And you can reach me at divorce661.com. And Patty, how do they get a hold of you? Yes. Uh, best way to get a hold of me is uh, go to mindinghermoney.com. Minding is M-I-N-D-I-N-G, hermoney.com. And uh, there's a free download roadmap that you can use uh, that I use for my program. Um, and then reach out to me via, via that page if you have any questions. Very good, Patty. We'll talk to you next time. All right. Thanks, Tim.